This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the heavens, the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a tree in the east, in Eden, and there he put man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You're free to eat of any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the Lord gave names, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Thank you, Jonathan. Good morning. It's good to be together uh, today. Um, I don't know about you, if you're anything like me, um, my guess is you've had moments when you've been out in, in God's creation and you've come across a site uh, that has kind of left you breathless or just awestruck at just the, the wonder of the beauty of what you're taking a look at. And, and perhaps like me, you maybe have said something like, now this has God's fingerprints all over it. For me, when I think of such moments, I, I, I think of the very first time I stood on the valley floor of Yosemite National Park looked up at Al Capitan over here and then over at Half Dome there and to think I was going to try and take all of that in in one day. Just overwhelming the beauty that is there in that park. Or, or, or uh, touring through all the different wonders that are in Yellowstone National Park. Uh, looking up at the mountain grandeur of the Grand Tetons or the Red Buttes in Sedona, Arizona. Looking into the vastness of the Grand Canyon, uh, skiing the Cascades uh, in Oregon, swimming with sea turtles, snorkeling with, snor uh, with, with sea turtles uh, in the crystal clear waters of, of the Caribbean, walking along any beach or any shore, sunrises, sunsets. Uh, I especially am mindful of, of floating uh, out in the waters of Halong Bay and taking a look at just, at just the beautiful uh, towering rock formations that just fill uh, that body of water. Just to look out the window of an airplane and, and at God's creation below. 
And I don't know about you, but many are the times I find myself singing of that, thinking of that great hymn, even wanting to just sing, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now my guess is, if we had ample enough time, we could each take our turn and share and swap stories about some of those neat moments, some of those wonderful beauties of God's creation that we ourselves have encountered uh, in, our, in our own lives. In fact, uh, my guess is that the day would not be enough to share all those stories and all those wonders. But as we sit here thinking about uh, ourselves, we do so mindful of the fact that not everyone thinks the way that we do when it comes to God's creation. Uh, we're well aware of the fact that we live in a world uh, where not everyone holds such a view of God as creator of all things seen and unseen. Even among many Christians today, there are doubts, there are questions. Did God or didn't he? And if God did, to what extent did God? Or to what extent did evolution play a role? I mean, we're living in a day and an age where, where God as creator, where God as father of us all is being subjugated and supplanted by various theories and opinions, evolutionary thought to the extent where anymore the conclusion is everything that we see, including ourselves, is simply a matter of chance. And my friends, this is nothing new. As Pastor Max shared, as we uh, spend some time focusing on the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, we're mindful of the fact that even Martin Luther in his day and time had to contend with those who were doubtful of what is recorded in Genesis concerning the beginning of all things seen and unseen. Many commentators and writers of Luther's day had confused the clear scriptural account of creation. Thus, on October on October 31st, 1517, when Luther posted his 95 theses, his plea was simply this, to return back to the basic truths taught in God's holy word. And for Luther, the teaching on creation from Scripture was one of the foremost of these truths. Luther rejected the evolutionary beliefs of the ancients, and the theistic evolution of the modern theologians of his day. For Luther, the biblical teaching of creation is one of the clearest teachings of all in God's holy word and is to be understood literally. Not only were there those in his day, but even we are well aware of the fact in our days that there are many who would hear that and say, you know, that's rather naive to think that way. 
But I want you to understand what drew Luther to have this perspective is the connection that he saw between the biblical teaching of creation and the biblical teaching of the person and the work of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Luther saw the two of those things going together. Thus, the heart of Luther's objection of evolutionary thought can be found in his commitment to the gospel, that Jesus Christ was sent by God the Father to be our Savior. Luther understood from Scripture that mankind is not some mere accident of nature. Rather, mankind is specially created by God because God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants to be known by us as our Father. Thus, when sin entered into God's creation and that relationship between God was, was broken and disrupted, God recreated that we might have fellowship, that we might be restored in our relationship with Him through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In both the recreated, in, in the created and the recreated relationship, we see God's desire as it was from the very beginning that He might have a relationship with you and with me and with everyone. To that extent, what we see, who we are, is not a matter of accident, but a matter of God's wise choosing. So you see, what God's Word teaches about God as Creator has a direct correlation with what God's Word teaches concerning God as Redeemer in the person and the work of Jesus. Citing John chapter 1, Luther said, If Christ is not true and natural God, born of the Father in eternity, and Creator of all creatures, we are doomed. For Luther, talking about creation without Christ's involvement, talking about creation without God's role in bringing all things into existence. For Luther, this was a subtle but an effective form of taking Christ away from Christianity. And here's the key to it all. For Luther, God's action is always grace alone. Always a creating something from nothing. When God created he made something out of nothing. He said, and there it was. Likewise, when God redeemed, he made something out of nothing. The Apostle Paul states this clearly. He writes, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ Jesus even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Both in his act of creation as well as in his act of redemption, God made something out of nothing. Something only which Almighty God can do. What is more, both God's act of creation and God's act of salvation involved Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. John teaches us this in his opening chapter of his gospel account where John writes, speaking of Jesus, John says, through him all things were made. Without him 
Nothing was made that has been made. And then a couple chapters later in John, we go on to read that beloved verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Notice through Jesus, God not only created physical life, he also created everlasting life. There is no life apart from Jesus Christ. Thus, both creation and salvation go together. Thus, for Martin Luther, if you try to empty the Genesis account of God's role, of God's involvement, of God making something out of nothing, you might as well then empty the gospel account of its significance, of God making something out of nothing. Again, for Luther, the Bible's teaching on creation and the Bible's teaching on salvation are intrinsically connected. The God who created us is the God who redeemed us, and the God who redeemed us is the God who created us. And it was from this position, it was from this perspective, that Martin Luther would go on to write what for us is his explanation of the first article of the Apostles' Creed in the small catechism. And there, Luther, beginning speaking for himself, unequivocally declares, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, spouse, children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger, guards and protects me from all evil. And all this he does out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and to praise, to serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. And my friends, what enables you and I to then also join with Luther in making this bold declaration of God as Father, of God as Creator, begins simply with what you and I see with our eyes in creation. Luther writes, God has left us with this general knowledge that the world had a beginning and that it was created by God out of nothing. And that is where the psalmist has it right. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. The apostle Paul further expounds, what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. And that is where in our Lutheran theology, that's what we refer to as the natural knowledge of God. The writer of Hebrews defines it this way. Every house is built by someone. 
but God is the builder of everything. To which the psalmist agrees. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out to all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. Again, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So understand, when you and I say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, you and I are not putting forth some illogical theory or opinion. We are simply observing the obvious and professing what is not only right before our, our eyes, but are before the eyes of everyone. There is a God. He is real. He is wise. He is powerful. And he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. That is what is obvious even to our own eyes. But what is especially enabling to us to join with Luther in making this bold proclamation of God as our Father, our Creator, is born out of what we read in the pages of God's Holy Word. And this is where in our Lutheran theology, this is what we refer to as the revealed knowledge of God. This is the information that God himself provides to us in his word. And what God reveals to us in his word is that he created us specially so that he might have a relationship with us and we with him. And that is what that portion of the Genesis account is all about, where in chapter 2 we read how the Lord God breathed into the man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. As human beings, we are specially given a soul so that we might have a never-ending relationship with the God who created us. And that's why when sin entered into God's creation and brought about separation and brokenness, that God immediately determined a plan by which we could be restored in our relationship with Him. And that is what the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. Have no doubt about it. This awesome, this all-powerful God not only created us, but He loves us and He wants to have a relationship with us. And that is where, my friends, each and every time we find ourselves out in God's creation and just marveling at, at what we are seeing and what we are beholding, those moments ought to be a reminder to us that the God who created all of this loves me. The God who created all of this is well aware of what I'm facing in my life. The God who created all of this has the power to take the brokenness in my life and to bring about something new. The God who created all of this has given me His Son, Jesus Christ, so that I might live with Him in eternity. My dear friends, the God whose handiwork we read with, or we see with the eyes in our head who we learn about even further through the pages of Holy Scripture, is God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. He created us. He saved us. And He wants to have an everlasting relationship with us where we, each and every one of us, would know Him 
as our loving Heavenly Father. God grant that to each of us for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen.